The winning streak continues for the Atlanta Braves as they stretch it to eight after a good performance from Max Fried and the Braves bullpen, as well as some timely hitting from the offense. We'll talk about that in today's episode, and we'll also talk about the college baseball postseason going on right now and the top MLB draft prospects that you should be watching this weekend. We'll cover all of that in today's episode of Locked On Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at ShortstopVol and check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including your Atlanta Braves in written form over at TomahawkTake.com. I'll also cover college baseball, particularly the SEC, over at College Baseball Nation. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today as well, looking at some MLB draft prospects. Also, please make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Brave so that you can be part of the conversation. Send me any comments, feedback, questions that you have for the show. You can do that there. You can also do it on YouTube if you are subscribed there and watching there. I appreciate all the comments in the comment section there, and I try to reply to all of those. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Also, if you're subscribed to the Lockdown Braves podcast, you will get the postcast with me and Grant McCauley after just about every single Atlanta Braves game. So, Lots of good stuff going on there. Lots of good stuff on today's podcast that I'm excited to get into. First of all, we'll talk about the win on Thursday as the Braves winning streak continues. But then really want to dive into the college baseball area and talk about the postseason and some of the best prospects you can watch this weekend because they're all on TV. They're all on ESPN, too. And it's a really good chance if you're in to the draft, you're into uh, college baseball prospects or MLB draft prospects, it's a really great time to get a good look at some of the best players and in the college ranks. So we're going to go over some of those in today's podcast, and then we'll set you up for the weekend as well. But let's start out with the Atlanta Braves, and your Atlanta Braves are streaking, and they continue that streak one eight in a row now and are just playing really good baseball, picking up wins in a variety of fashions. It's something I talked about on the postcast, the fact that they win a game the other night hitting you know, three solo home runs. They win a game on Wednesday where they just pile it on, 13 runs. You get four doubles, four home runs. And then on Thursday, they win, just put up three runs, but they didn't need a home run. And it was just you know gathering what the Pirates gave them, getting some clutch hitting, which we'll talk about. So uh, that's really what I'm loving that I'm seeing from this Braves team right now. Yes, they're playing a soft schedule and weaker competition, but they're winning, and they're winning in a variety of ways, and it's really great to see that. But let's start with what happened on the mound Thursday for the Braves, and that was Max Freed. And, of course, you feel great anytime Max Freed takes the mound, and he's coming off the best start of his season to this point, eight shutout innings in Colorado, struggled with command in this one, particularly the curveball command, and I thought that was pretty evident early on. And Travis Darno talked about it in the post game the fact that you know Max just didn't have his off speed stuff. He didn't have his curveball, which is generally his best pitch. 
But you look at that pitch, and he only got two called strikes on his curveball. He only got five swings on the, that pitch and just two swings and misses. That is not typical of a Max Freed outing. The curveball, usually his best pitch that he's able to get over for strikes and get a lot of swings and misses on as well. So didn't have that pitch, and I think Max and Travis both recognized that early and leaned more heavily on the fastball and slider, and the slider was really good, and it was able to help him navigate through this start, gave up a lot of hits, um, gave up the home run, but everything else he gave up were just singles in this game. So, uh, again, limiting the damage. He had a lot of innings with multiple base runners and multiple hits given up, but was able to limit that damage and not allow it to turn into a big inning. Again, the only run he gave up over those six innings was the solo home run from a guy I'm not even going to try to say his name, for the Pirates, okay, I am going to try to say it. Sawinski uh, had the solo home run in that game, but uh, again, gave up eight hits. Just seven of them were, or seven of them were singles. Again, just gave up the one run on the home run. But even with Max Reed in this start, and I just think this is where he has come as a starting pitcher in the ace that he is. I never felt like he wasn't in control, even when he was giving up those hits and those singles. I still felt like. He was in control. The biggest reason for that, for me, he didn't walk anybody. And, you know, you can give up singles. You can give up hits as long as you're not combining that with, you know, a couple of walks, you know, two or three walks even. And these innings and this outing looks much different. But didn't walk anybody. Got a big pickoff in the first inning of Key Brian Hayes. That kid is going to be a problem. He's really good. Fun to watch. Got a big double play in the fifth inning as well. So got some help from his defense. But, Again, overall, I mean, I, I felt comfortable with Max out there. The sixth inning might have been his best inning that he had, and I thought he might come back out. He'd only throw 94 pitches. I know Snicker had the bullpen healthy and ready to go and rested. I still trust Max Freed more than anybody coming out of that built bullpen, maybe other than A.J. Minter, who has just been otherworldly this year. But I thought Max looked good, and I, I thought he could have gone another inning. Again, I still felt like he was in control, and I trust him on the mound more than anyone else. So that's just the type of pitcher Max Freed is right now. It's fun. I enjoy it every time that he goes out there, and I hope you do as well. But he did turn things over to that bullpen, and they were very good on Thursday night, a perfect night for the bullpen with Will Smith, A.J. Minter, and Kenley Jansing pitching three perfect innings with five strikeouts combined. So bullpen was able to slam the door and have some clean outings this time but i'm all for putting max freed out there uh every single time and just allowing him to go on the offensive side just six hits and two walks on the night i actually thought jt brubaker who you know can be a solid pitcher for the pirates at times i talked about it on yesterday's podcast where his advanced metrics his analytics make it seem that he isn't pitched as bad as the numbers may suggest. Obviously, he's 0-6 on the year. That's tough, but had a really bad April and really rebounded in May. Um, and I thought, I thought he threw the ball really well on Thursday. It kept the Braves hitters off balance. So just six hits and two walks, just one extra base hit on the night, but two for five with runners in scoring position and got a couple of big two-out RBI, one of them coming in the second inning. You had two on with nobody out, and then Ozuna hits in a double play, and you're thinking, oh, no, here we go. This offense isn't going to be able to come through without the benefit of a home run. And then Adam Duvall goes down and gets a pitch and drives in that run with two outs. I thought that was huge right there to get the Braves on the board. 
then later in the third inning or the next inning, Acuna gets hit by a pitch, frustrated. I get it. I feel like he's been getting hit a ton, and I wish people would stop, but he makes them pay. He gets on base. He uses that speed, still second base. Dansby bloops the ball in the right field for an RBI single. Then when he gets the two outs, Travis Darno comes up, and he, he gets a double, and they're able to get that add-on run there, which was huge uh, to get the three runs because that was really it for the offense in that game. They went down one, two, three in the fourth, fifth, sixth, and eighth innings of this game. They had a chance in the seventh inning. They had two on with two outs, but then Dansby wasn't able to come through this time, struck out on a fastball up in the zone. Um, so the offense you know, wasn't really – you know, I talked about it last night, just how relentless they are, and they kept coming. That wasn't the case on Thursday. They really just had a couple of opportunities early, but they were able to get some big clutch hits, and that was all you needed when you got your ace on the mound. So a good game from the Braves. They continue their win streak, and hopefully they'll continue to do so over the weekend. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about some of the best prospects that you should be watching as the college baseball tournament continues this weekend, and we'll do that next. With spring in the air, it's a time of renewal and growth personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. The College World Series run, or the run to the College World Series, the road to Omaha, continues this weekend with the Super Regionals for college baseball. And I love the college baseball game. Regionals last weekend, I mentioned it on Monday's podcast, was just amazing. And if you missed out on that action, you truly missed out on some great baseball. not trying to pressure you to watch the college game. It's not for everyone, but you enjoy excitement. You enjoy bat bat flips. You enjoy drama. It is all of that. There is a ton of passion in the college game that is fun to watch. And the Super Regionals this weekend, I'm sure, will be just as exciting. They're actually underway right now as I'm recording this, watching uh, Texas and East Carolina. Looks like East Carolina is up three to two. Um, So there'll be games all weekend long. Should be a lot of fun. But I've had some requests to talk about some more MLB, do some more MLB draft coverage. So I thought this was a good opportunity to stop and do that because like I said at the top, all these games in the Super Regionals will be on ESPN2, so you should have access to watch these games, and it's a good time to get a look at these prospects before the MLB draft and see who the Braves could take. There's an op- there's a good chance that the Braves take one of these players that are playing this weekend. So I'm going to go through some of the names, some of the top prospects for each teams, uh, and I'm going to go through a matchup by matchup. So First, I want to look at Tennessee, the number one team in the nation, who will be hosting Notre Dame. Tennessee has a number of top prospects, as you would imagine, being the number one team in the country. A couple of outfielders that I think the Braves could take uh, early in the draft, Jordan Beck and Drew Gilbert. 
Gilbert, uh, center fielder, you know, hit tool can kind of do it all. Jordan Beck, you know, more of a, a power guy. And if you've seen the video, Jordan Beck hit a big, had a big double in their game in the regionals and uh, threw up a inappropriate finger as he rounded first base. Uh, he plays with that kind of fire and passion that real, really that whole Tennessee team does. The name for Tennessee that really intrigues me for the Braves at 20th overall in the draft, though, is Blake Tidwell. And I believe he's going to start on Friday for the Volunteers. He was one of the top pitching or college arms coming into the season, um, but was delayed because of some shoulder issues that cost him half the season. He's been making his way back, and he finally looks like he's fully healthy at this point and was really good in the regionals. He's somebody that I could see the Braves taking at 20th overall. He throws you know mid to upper 90s on his fastball, really good stuff. So Blake Tidwell is an arm to watch if you get a chance this weekend in that game. They also have somebody in Ben Joyce who has hit 105 miles per hour this year, who is draft eligible as a reliever. Uh, so certainly if he comes out of that bullpen, you got to get your eyes on him. And then Trey Lipscomb, one of the better players in all of college baseball this year, third baseman for Tennessee. And I'm not going to talk about too many players who aren't draft eligible this year, but Chase Dolander for Tennessee starting pitcher. He was the SEC pitcher of the year. Not sure which game he's going to start. Him, he or Tidwell will probably pitch you know, either game one or game two. Uh, but Dolander's a good pitcher to watch as well for a future drafts. On Notre Dame's side, they don't have a ton of top prospects. It's a very veteran-heavy team. Um, Chase Brannigan, third baseman for Notre Dame, and Liam Simon, right-handed pitcher for Notre Dame. Simon pitched in the regionals, uh, struck out eight batters over three innings and can touch 100 miles per hour. So, again, probably not somebody in the first two, maybe even three rounds, but maybe somebody further down as far as a bullpen arm. Um, so a couple of names to watch there from Notre Dame. Texas-East Carolina matchup, which I mentioned is on right now. Trey Baltini of Texas, the shortstop, one of my favorite shortstops in college baseball. Not necessarily loud tools that are going to jump off the board at you, but just plays the game right, does all the little things. I really I really love Trey Faltini, so that's a name there to watch. Ivan Melendez, first baseman for Texas, just mashes. Every time I watch him, he comes up with a big hit, so that's a big bat to watch. Pete Hansen, if you're not watching now, you're probably going to miss him, uh, but he's left-handed pitcher for Texas. And then for East Carolina, Carson Wisenhunt was one of the top pitching arms coming into the year, and he was ruled ineligible because he failed a drug test. Uh, said he took an over-the-counter supplement, but would imagine he's still probably going to go pretty high in the draft. Next, Texas A&M and Louisville. Uh, not a lot of prospects here. Louisville has a couple. Dalton Rushing, catcher first baseman for Louisville, and Ben Metzinger. Uh, Metzinger hit a big two-run homer to send Louisville to the Supers. Uh, he's a fun bat to watch. A lot of power there. Texas A&M, a lot of talent up and down there. Maybe not top MLB draft talent, but they have been one of the hottest teams in the country. So a lot of good players to watch there. Dylan Rock, I know one of their hitters in the middle of the lineup there. Really good hitter. Speaking of good hitters in the Oklahoma-Virginia Tech series, you could see a lot of offense, and they have one of the top draft prospects left in the Super Regionals in Gavin Cross, an outfielder for Virginia Tech. Probably going to go top 10. I doubt he'll be available once the Braves pick, but he's a very good bat uh, that you will definitely want to watch this weekend. Also for Virginia Tech, shortstop Tanner Scoble, uh, very good shortstop for them, and Cade Hunter. That Virginia Tech lineup has a lot of good bats. So if you're looking for offense, definitely want to watch that Virginia Tech-Oklahoma series. For Oklahoma, Peyton Graham, 
Uh, playing shortstop, I don't know that he stays there, but he has been huge for Oklahoma all year. Had a, a big game-tying homer in their regional finals to help them advance. Just some clutch hitting there. Uh, Peyton Graham has been on fire, one of the best hitters in the country. And then Jake Bennett for Oklahoma, left-handed pitcher, is another name to watch for the draft. Stanford and UConn, again, not a ton here. Um, Stanford, Brock Jones, outfielder for Stanford, he was seen as potentially a 1-1 pick coming into this year. Has kind of fallen off some draft boards, but really heated up during conference play and had a good weekend last year in the regionals. So definitely want to watch Brock Jones. That's a name I think you see go day one in the draft. And then UConn, they had a top 100 guy in Reggie Crawford, who is a two-way player, uh, but he is out for the season with an injury. So it's really just Brock Jones in that series you want to key on, but he could be an option at 20 for the Braves. And the North Carolina-Arkansas series, ton of names to watch here. Uh, for North Carolina, Denny Ceretti, shortstop, uh, middle infielder, good hitter, added some power this year, 10 home runs. That was kind of a knock on him coming into the season. Didn't have a lot of power. Not a very good fielder, which is why many think he'll move over to second base. But Danny Ceretti is a name to watch. Angel Zarati, an outfielder for, for North Carolina, big hit tool there, been their best hitter all year. And then Mac Horvath as well, third baseman for North Carolina, another very good hitter. For Arkansas, Caden Wallace, who has been on fire, outfielder for Arkansas, really good hitter. Peyton Paulette, supposed to be a big arm for, for Arkansas this year. He was out for the season. Again, the biggest thing in college baseball this year is all the pitchers getting injured. Peyton Paulette's another one out for the year. Um, but again, we'll probably still go pretty high in the draft. Robert Moore, second baseman for Arkansas, great defender, gold glove defender. This is a Dustin Pedroia type hitter. Um, just because of his his stature and he can provide some power. Has had a down year, which is probably going to hurt his draft stock, but wouldn't be surprised if he still goes in the top 100 picks. And then my favorite shortstop, I mentioned Trey Faltini earlier. My favorite shortstop in college baseball is Jalen Battles. I was hoping the Rays would snag him last year. He ends up coming back for another season, uh, but I love Jalen Battles. Uh, quickest hands that I've seen at the college level can turn on anything. I uh, had a big grand slam in their regionals. So I just love Jalen Battles, love watching him play. Don't know how he'll fit at the major league level, but he's just an exciting player that I love to watch. A couple of freshmen in this series. Again, I said I wasn't going to mention too many non-draftable guys for this year, but Hagan Smith, freshman pitcher for Arkansas, had some huge moments in their regionals. Really good uh, pitcher for Arkansas. And then Vance Honeycutt. Uh, freshman outfielder for North Carolina, 24 home runs this year. Could be a 1-1 pick here in a couple of years. Uh, so want to keep an eye on those two young guys as well. Two more left, um, Southern Miss and Ole Miss. Dalton Rogers, left-handed pitcher for Southern Miss, is the guy you want to watch there. For Ole Miss, TJ McCants, outfielder, Hayden Durst, uh, catcher. Derek Diamond, right-handed pitcher. And then Tim Elko, who's not necessarily a draft prospect. I think it's more so because he doesn't have a position. But this guy is a legend in college baseball. If you don't know the legend of Tim Elko, make sure you go do your research on him. Hit three home runs in their final regionals game last weekend. Just tons of power. A lot of fun to watch. Um, Kevin Graham as well, an outfielder for Ole Miss. Very good hit tool. And then shortstop Jacob Gonzalez for Ole Miss. Again, a 2023 guy. But I think he goes very early in next year's draft. Can do it all. Good shortstop and a good hitter. Big hit tool as well. Final one here, Auburn and Oregon State. Sonny DeShera for Auburn. If you don't know the Sonny D uh, legend as well, you need to go look that up. 
this guy just hits and you wouldn't think of it looking at his body type, but this guy just rakes and that's all that he does. Uh, really fun to watch. He was the co-SEC player of the year. Uh, so make sure you check out Sonny D. A couple other hitter or pitchers for Auburn, Blake Burkhalter. Uh, he was a first team all SEC reliever. Uh, Mason Barnett had a lot of hype coming into the year and he's kind of finding it here late. So definitely want to take a look at Mason Barnett if you get the opportunity. For Oregon State, Cooper Jerby, um, a left-handed pitcher, impossible for lefties to hit with the arm angle that he has. And he's somebody I've seen mocked to the Braves at 20th overall. So, again, you get an opportunity to watch Oregon State and Cooper Jerby. You need to lock in on him because he is somebody the Braves could target at 20th overall in the draft. And then a couple of outfielders for Oregon State that are some big-time hitters. Jacob Melton hit 360, 422 on base this year, lefty bat, good power. And then Justin Boyd hit 366 this year, a 488 on base percentage. So some good hitters there for Oregon State as well. So I've set you up. Again, Super Regionals are underway. Hopefully you enjoy those this week this weekend as much as I will. And hopefully that gives you some names to watch for as you prepare for the MLB draft. All right, but next we will prepare for the weekend's game for the Atlanta Braves against the Pittsburgh Pirates. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA's final matchups, which I believe game four is tonight. And the Celtics are up 2-1 to one in that series against the Warriors. You also have the NHL Conference Finals going on, Major League Baseball. Of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Braves got off on the right foot Thursday night with Max Reed on the mound, winning game one of a four-game set with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but can't let your foot off the gas with these guys. We've talked about it before. Um, they are not as bad as a lot of people may think. They're not going to score a lot of runs, but they're. I think we saw on Thursday night, they're going to battle you at the plate and put the ball in play and again Brubaker was really good on the mound they have a solid bullpen middle middle of the pack bullpen so do not sleep on these guys do not let your foot off the gas but the Braves do need to win this series and to do that they have to win two of the three games this weekend on Friday night you're going to have Ronzi Contreras against Spencer Strider big start for me for Spencer Strider first two you know first one he got kind of hurt by his defense second one he just didn't last long enough because he was walking everybody so hopefully we see him put it all together here give five strong innings keep the Braves in the game um, and hopefully he gets through five innings Braves have a lead and Snicker can get him out of there and he can get his uh, win as a starter um, but looking for a big outing for Spencer Strider here on Saturday gonna see Zach Thompson versus Charlie Morton again big outing for Charlie Morton it's an opportunity against an offense that's not very good a chance for him to put together a solid start get through those early inning struggles uh, and just have a good one throughout. So hoping to see that from Charlie Morton. And then on Sunday, Jose Quintana versus Kyle Wright. And I'm just excited every time Kyle Wright takes the mound right now. He's just been so good. And hopefully he continues to attack the zone like he did in his last out and can give the Braves another seven, eight inning performance. Would love to see that to finish off this series. And again, hopefully the Braves can at least win two more of those. But hey, they want to sweep another four game series. I am all for that as well and keep this winning streak alive 
But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 